So the risks are far lower, believe it or not, trading up. And actually, you've got a Forbes Patrick Grimes asset protection. I've got a whole bunch of articles. I'm, I have a Forbes author page to kind of address my journey through the single family. And in multifamily, you can buy and then renovate slowly, unit by unit. You don't have to empty the whole thing out and hope that you can get it rented. You can renovate one, see how much rent you get, do a slightly different to the next one, figure out the sweet spot for the maximum rent, then execute the strategy. Alan has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm your host, Alan Draper. Today, I would like to welcome to the show, Patrick Grimes. Patrick is the founder and CEO of Invest on Main Street. He has over 14 years of experience in active real estate investment, purchasing distressed assets, renovating and stabilizing for long-term cash flow. His $516 million portfolio includes over 4,000 units in multifamily apartment communities in the emerging markets across Texas and Southeastern United States. Patrick also co-authored an Amazon number one best-selling book, Persistence, Pivots, and Game Changers. And very excited to have you uh, today, Patrick. Welcome to the show. Alan, glad to be here. Great show. Good discussion to be had ahead. For sure. So, so it sounds like your big thing is real estate. Tell me a little bit about what, what kind of interested you when you made your first, you know, appearance in the market? Like what was it that got, you know, piqued your interest in real estate? Well, I come from a high tech background. I did automation and robotics and educated as a mechanical engineer, undergraduate master's Mm -hmm. in engineering and an MBA. But I got some advice early on to invest in real estate. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. in fact, the founder of the company I worked for right out of college said his biggest regret was not putting more into real estate sooner. So that's what got me on the bug. It was more, I'm more a fan, not necessarily purely real estate, I'm more a fan of non-correlated investing such as energy or real estate. We have funds for both. And you know those are investments that are essential needs that are necessary during recessions that have tax advantages and inflation hedge. So we're looking to try and build a portfolio out of sort of the traditional stock market investing and into these diversified investments, which help to balance out what's typically a very out-of-balance portfolio. Gotcha. So it sounds a lot like a syndication. Is that pretty much what you guys are doing or is a fund a little different? Oh, they are. Yeah. A syndication means you're raising capital from passive investors. You're syndicating it. And uh, then you have active sponsors. And so we do file as Reg D 506C for both the real estate and the energy stuff. For many of the real estate deals, we're standing up individual fund, a fund or an individual deal for each large 100, 300 unit multifamily building. On the energy side, it's a little higher risk profile. So we decrease that by doing larger portfolios. So, you know, dozens of wells and, and oil and gas stuff and inside of one diversified fund. So we diversified energy. And then Moving forward, we have opportunistic acquisitions and a recessionary fund. So that's a little different because it's not 
one property in one deal or a, a grouping of wells in one energy fund, but it's an evergreen acquisition fund where we raise capital as we find investments to purchase. And we go in cash heavy and we buy them. And, and in the recession, we're seeing some incredible purchases right now where we can buy a property all in cash and get our capital out in six months to a year and then own, still own the property. So it provides some incredible returns to investors. I've never been part of a fund myself. I've been investing in real estate for you know 16 or 17 years. What's, what's the difference in the personality or risk profile of somebody that is going to go maybe start with a single family home and eventually get into a duplex or quadplex and then apartment multifamily? Um, what's the difference in the risk profile or what you're looking for versus somebody like that that's going to go out and do it on their own? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> so I did the kind of DIY real estate path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started out actually in pre-development before the nine ten downturn, and I was, you know, I, I lost a lot in that. So I was, mm-hmm. was it was a rough time, but I came out of that doing. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it myself. I'm not gonna you know, I'm gonna buy some single family three bedrooms two bath in recession resilient markets. But I was a high tech professional. I was I was moonlighting real estate. It was working. I was buying properties. I was refining out my capital, renting them, and buying more properties and refining. Uh, a lot of a lot of hard work to coordinate those acquisitions, to underwrite, find the deals, manage the renovations, the refinance. It was it was tough. And so I actually I I in order to in fact when I met my soon to be wife, I decided I had to take a break from single family because mm-hmm. I couldn't moonlight and be a high tech professional. So that personality of wanting to kind of maintain control wanting to do it myself, that actually didn't serve me because I traded so much time away from my family, friends, and hobbies. And the personality, finally, when I had my aha moment, <laughs> was I, I got to spend time with my, this, this lady who I then married. It was, I need to learn how to be more passive. I need to learn how to partner. I need to learn how to trust in others. And these one-off deals, these single family, I, it, it's, it's a slog. You know, I, I, I need to learn how to buy larger investments with partners. And so that I didn't go duplex, triplex, quad, like you're saying. I actually went three bedroom, two bath. And according to my calculus, uh, those are the highest appreciating assets until you get all the way pl- to plus 80 units. Really? Yeah. Because in between, you're in this situation where you have less land for your buy. It's single family of the most land. Right. And it's in the land appreciates, it's building that depreciates. But then you can get to duplex, quad, all that. You end up with less land for more units, but you can't get on site management full time because it, it's too costly. So you got property managers running around chasing a portfolio and it's hard to get great debt. But when you get to plus 80 units, and my first multifamily deal is actually 86 units. Uh, you can have on-site property managers that don't work for anybody else; they just work for you. You have loans that are large enough and a large piece of property that's income generating that the bank lends on. That is collateral, so it will come out to like a personal guarantee. So the risks are far lower, believe it or not, trading up. And actually, you've got a Forbes Patrick Grimes Asset Protection. I've got a whole bunch of articles on of a Forbes author page that kind of address my journey through the single family. And in multifamily, you can buy and then renovate slowly, unit by unit, 
You don't have to empty the whole thing out and hope that you can get it rented. You can renovate one, see how much rent you get, do a slightly different to the next one, figure out the sweet spot for the maximum rent, then execute the strategy. Right? So in my mind, it was actually far low risk, but it required me to partner, required me to work with other individuals because in those assets, 86 units was just about the same amount of time as two or three single family homes for mm. me. But it took me two and a half years to figure out how to do it. <laughs> From the time that I stopped single family, the time that I said, I'm going to only focus. But that's when I built Invest on Main Street because then I could build a private equity firm. Didn't do it all with my own capital. I learned how to partner. I learned how to raise capital from others. I learned how to work with people that had vertically integrated property management and skills and scale up from there. It's interesting that, you know, we talk about real estate investing in most cases as passive. And I think it's, it's a very misleading term, right? Because, and, and it's passive for yeah, tax purposes, right? That's how it gets taxed. Now I know that there's ways with short-term rentals that you manage that there's, you know, it can be more of an active role to the IRS. But one thing that surprised me, and I own a bunch of single family homes, some multi-unit stuff, but was that, yeah, it's even, and I have some short-term rentals. Most of them are long-term year plus, and no one told me like, hey, when they say passive, they don't mean you don't have to do anything, right? And so that's, that's kind of an interesting aspect of real estate. And, and real estate can be kind of, kind of this like sexy industry, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, people, there are other, I own some pest control companies and we do very, very well. But no one's ever like, yeah, man, I really want to get in the pest control industry unless they have some like connection to it, right? They've worked mm-hmm. in it. They've seen the numbers or whatever. But real estate is like everybody, which it's for good reason. There's, there's a lot of great benefits and I love it. So that was one thing that I feel like, hey, somebody should have told me that. And I don't really believe that. I believe you have to go learn and figure it out for yourself. What is something that you know now about investing in real estate um, beyond kind of what you were telling us about the multi-units getting above mm-hmm. the 80 unit threshold and things like that, that if if you were looking to make a decision about buying a single family home, maybe renting out a room or buying a duplex and renting out one of the units versus going into a, a fund, what what are some things that you would you know consider or you would like to have known if it was your first deal? Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, I, I can appreciate, you know, the, it's interesting you're, you're doing some pest control stuff. It's, it sounds like you're doing a lot of really creative stuff and you're a professional investor. It sounds like this is what you do. And a lot of my investors come to me and they're saying, Hey, look, I'm a, a dentist or a doctor or an attorney. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to the DIY path like you did, mm-hmm. Patrick. And to your point, Alan, Nobody ever said them how, how much of a challenge that would be, right? And so they jumped into it like, I am so good at what I do being an attorney or a CPA or whatever it is. Of course I can do this. But so through that lens, I tend to speak with an, uh, individuals that are not interested in trading any more time away from mm. their family and their hobbies 
and they're not professional full-time investors. Oftentimes mm -hmm. they're individuals that want to be passive. And to your point, as, as an active owner or sponsor of an investment, you're, you're liably, uh, legally liable oftentimes to an unlimited extent. And those are some of the things I didn't know. And, but as a passive investor in a securities offering in a syndication, you're not. You're actually only risking your invested capital. You're not mm -hmm. taking on any legal or financial obligation besides that. So that is a person that, that those are features I had no idea even existed. And when I did my first investment, when, when I wish I knew back in, you know, 2006, when I was a snot nosed engineer, just <laughs> making some dumping everything I could into what I thought were these great deals, perfect track record, and the market was never going to go down back then. But I dumped it all into a pre-development, which turns out I didn't know was very speculative. Hmm. Right? I, I dumped it into, I, I personally guaranteed loans. I didn't really know that that made me essentially unlimited liability financially. And I put those properties in my own name. I didn't know that by doing that, I was legally unlimited liability as well. And so anybody could have tripped and fall or the market could crash and my property could go upside down just like it mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And the bank could come after me and my assets because it's what's called cross collateralization. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm, I'm in my own name here, everything else is in, in that name. Right. And the bank wasn't willing to just take the property. I didn't know that, that you could, you, you had no way out. Right. And so on the end of the day, I was able to avoid bankruptcy, paid a lot of money over <laughs> to do that. Mm. I was able to negotiate debt forgiveness with the bank, and then they took the property. The, but then I didn't know that the government, in that case, would 1099 me for the debt forgiveness as if it was income yeah, that I got. Absolutely. And then I didn't know that I was going to be paying taxes on that. So the people that went BK sure made out a lot better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if I was a limited partner in a syndication or a, as a passive investor, I would have just lost hundred grand or 200 grand or whatever else that would have been it. I would have been mm -hmm. over. It wouldn't have taken me down, drug me through the coals for several years. I didn't even know that you could participate in all the real benefits of real estate as a limited partner. And I had no idea the risks. And that's why if you go on a Forbes, I actually kind of talk about asset protection, single family versus multi. I try and bring out some of this, what I wish I knew. Mm -hmm. And in those, in those articles, and there's some, some, something to take a look at. For individuals that really are not, like they want to be in control. I was once them, to your point, more power to you. Go, go do your own thing. Mm -hmm. But don't expect that you're going to be able to compete with the professional investor, Alan, who's out there in your market, underwriting thousands of deals, knows all the sellers and getting better deals than you could, manages them better and flips them better. I would almost say invest with that one <laughs> if that's what you want to do. Yeah. And to, and to clarify, like, and I, I dabble with it. I certainly don't have like thousands of, of units, right? And I don't have a fund. So, but to clarify this idea, and, and I agree with you to, to some extent, there, there is more risk but there's also more reward, right? You're not splitting profits. There's not, you know, there, 
and, and I think what it really comes down to when I talk to people about where they, their money should go, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't advise people on risk or relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like, those are, they're too personal for me. Now there, it sounds like you have that niche, which is great, which is like, Hey, we have some professionals and I agree hundred percent. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before about how there are so many headaches and there's so much time commitment involved in real estate that I wasn't aware of. I'm the type of person that I'll take that on. And a lot of it, Patrick, is because of what I'm learning in the process. I've learned so much over the last 16, 17 years. I went through 2007, 2008. I bought two properties out of state at the worst time in the United States real Mm -hmm. estate market, right before it happened. (laughs) And I still have them today. Mm -hmm. So it's, you you know, I think, you know, there's definitely a market and I, and that's a hundred percent accurate. A lot of times people will, they'll, you know, step over a dollar to pick up a dime when it comes to their time. They're like, no. So, so if somebody asked me, Hey, Alan, what about syndication? I'm like, do lots of great things about it. What about me doing my own thing? Lots of great things about it. It comes down to the specifics. What are you doing it for? Are you just, are you just want this to be passive? You just want to, you know, make some money so you can focus on what you're doing that you're doing really well at, you, you know, absolutely. That's, that's a, that's a no brainer. Do you want to kind of get punched in the mouth over and over? Do you want to kind of learn some things? Do you want to be a landlord? Do you want to do some of those things that 90% of the population doesn't want to do? They think they do, and then they realize they don't. I just had somebody yesterday call me, and they were they were moving. They wanted they didn't want to sell their house. They wanted to lease it out. And I told them there's like there's a lot of downside. There's some upside to it, but you know, so so take that into consideration for sure. Patrick, as we're wrapping up, I do want you to tell us about your book. I know that you have a giveaway offer, so I wanted to make sure that you had a chance to extend that so we hear about your book and uh, all the great information in there for the guests to check out. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, investonmainstreet.com is our website. We have a book that you can get. It's uh, investonmainandinstreet.com slash book is the secret link and it's persistence pivots and game changers, turning challenges and opportunities. Brian Tracy did do the forward on this. There's Phil Collins, Lee Guitar, Death Leopard, meme with hair, (laughs) and (laughs) NFL, NBA players, coaches, entrepreneurs. There's a a group of people here that I just love working with. They're just some of the most incredible careers. And I tell my whole story on this and our journey back and forth, the pivots and the changes from high tech to losing it all in real estate, single family journey to scale to multi-energy or move to Hawaii. All the all of it's in there. It's awesome. And getting married, my spiritual journey around the Midwest or the Middle East. Happy to, to send a signed hard copy of this. And if your listeners invest on mainstreet.com slash book. And if you use the promo code business growth podcast, just make sure you put that in so our, our team knows that you just not somebody random and we will get a hard copy of this sign shipped out to you. And if you want to have a chat, invest on mainstreet.com right there. You can slash contact or click contact. And wherever you're at in your investing journey, I'd be happy to understand your goals and you know, get you pointed in the right direction. We have all kinds of fun and exciting investments. Hopefully this time to not lose everything in the, in the recession, but we're very well positioned to benefit from it. And you know, cash heavy to start making some cool acquisitions right now. So excited about what's to come. That's awesome. 
We'll make sure to put that in the show notes, that link. So it's really easy for them if they're driving while they're listening to this or whatever, they don't have access to uh, their computer. And yeah, make sure to go check that out. It's clear Patrick knows what he's talking about. He's done both sides of this. He's been a professional. He's been an entrepreneur. He, he's invested in real estate for a significant amount of time. You know, five hundred million dollar plus portfolio, which is you, you know that's that that's incredible. So make sure to check that out, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love the discussion, and you know, wish you guys nothing but the best in the future. Glad to be here, Alan. Thanks so much. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.